hello good morning good evening good night whatever time you'll be listening to this at and welcome to my podcast wine and wine i am your host yvonne wanjiru it's been so long since i last said that (laughs) and did you miss me i hope you did i hope you even actually listened to this podcast all the way through um anyway um i know it's been a while and I won't explain why because I'm sure nobody wants to hear it. But okay, so let me just get right into it. Um, for today's episode, I want to start off by saying <laughs> you are what you eat. Yeah, like literally you are what you eat. I personally don't like this phrase because I love eating junk food. Any normal human being does. I love eating junk food. I do not like eating healthy. And this phrase just makes me feel guilty about my eating choices. So I don't like it. So instead of using that phrase, let's use the phrase garbage in, garbage out. Yes? Yes. So today, I would like to discuss how what we watch, read, listen to, or literally how any form of media that we consume influences us and yes this will sound like kind of a testimonial essay so please bear with me and follow me through it and if you relate you can tell me later in the comment section or like you can you you, you can you can tell me or you can share it or whatever um so yes let's begin um okay so i have just I have recently, and by recently, I mean for like the past three years, started being very deliberate or intentional with what I consume, with the media that I consume, especially what I watch, because I watch a lot of things. Like, I literally cannot sit down without having something playing in the background, and that something is not a movie. It's not a, sorry, it's not music or anything like that. It's mostly either a TV show or some kind of talk show, something like that, something along those lines. So I I started being really deliberate on the things that I watch, on the things that I listen to, and to some extent, the things that I read. And it took me a while to understand to understand the statement garbage in, garbage out. But once I did... I could not notice how what I watch or the media that I consume, how it affects me. And once I realized that some TV shows left me feeling drained and angry or depressed or tired, both physically, mentally, emotionally, but other shows left me feeling inspired, challenged, happy, like jovial, it was only after I genuinely realized this it was only after this that I actually decided to change the consumption, my consumption of the things that I watch or the media that I consume, in short. So um, I know I sound preachy, so let me get into it. I will give some of the, hmm, some of the, let's say, ideologies that kind of provide a roadmap for me in life. And, and what? some of the ideologies that provide a roadmap for me in life and the characters in different TV shows that kind of aid me in drawing up 
say the roadmap right right okay hope you don't know why i feel like today i feel like i'm everywhere i feel like i don't sound like myself i feel i just hope it's all in my head anyway so let's start first we start with feminism um i want to explain what feminism he is because i genuinely just do not want to and i feel like at this point if you listen to my podcast and you don't know what feminism is you are the wrong target audience you are not supposed to be part of my audience and i know that sounds really harsh but it's true um anyway anyone who knows me knows that i am really really passionate about feminism and everything to do with feminism anybody who knows me knows that i am really passionate about it and my feminist hero has to be robin shabatsky from how i met your mother so let's get into it um robin is a member of the main cast on how i met your mother and probably the coolest fictional woman alive i will not to me robin is amazing she is so cool she is a badass and she's my feminist hero um she's a career-driven journalist who is self-sufficient and really strong both emotionally and mentally and physically as well um robin is my feminist hero because of how open she is about not wanting kids or not wanting to live a life that society expects all women to aspire to. What do I mean? I mean that she has zero desire to be a mother or a wife. And she is pretty much content with attaining success in her career. And that is what truly matters to her. And I choose to ignore the fact that the writers decided to destroy this particular arc of hers. For more about that, just go back to my How I Met Your Mother podcast. But yeah. And that right there, the fact that she is so open with what she wants and she is determined in it and she does not let people sway her decision, the kind of life that she wants, that right there is what makes her so captivating to me. And I won't lie at first, the reason why she was my feminist hero at first was because of how rebellious she seemed at first. How she veered away from all that is traditionally feminine. But now it is because she never lets anyone change her mind. She knew what she wanted, stood by it and worked for it. Even when she experienced setbacks, she came back swinging and stronger. And I don't think there's anybody who does not want that for, for themselves. Everybody wants that for themselves. To be so sure in what you want, that even if you end up veering away from it for a while, you have the ability to set your mind back to it. Even if it takes you an year, if it takes you three years, if it takes you even ten years. Because... I feel like if you know exactly what you want and you have known exactly what you want for the longest time and you have the strength and the courage to set yourself back on the path that you want, that you know that you want, I feel like that makes you so strong and 
an inspiration and that is exactly what Robin is for me when it comes to feminism it's not because she's always fighting for she's fighting for female equality or whatever it's because she knows what she wants she is steadfast in what she wants no matter what everybody else tells her no matter what society tells her she's steadfast in what she wants and she always finds a way to get back to her goal and what she wants to achieve in life and that is totally freaking amazing so yes that was feminism um the next quote-unquote ideology that i try to incorporate into my day-to-day life is soulmate friendships um okay i am a firm believer in forming bonds outside of family finding your tribe outside of family and all that corny stuff and to me one of the greatest joys that you can find is having a best friend yes um and when I say a best friend, I mean like the type of best friend that feels like a soulmate. I know that sounds really nauseatingly corny, but it's true. And I believe that not everyone is lucky enough to have this in a lifetime. Yes, yes. And I'm going to stop it there. I won't be any sappy than that. So let's move on. Um, the characters that taught me this, that taught me the importance of this kind of relationships and their potential that this kind of relationships have, the potential that these relationships have, have to be Christina Young and Meredith Grey from Grey's Anatomy. So let's get into it. Um, to me, these two are the best depiction of female best friendships based on healthy career competitions. Um, for context, they were slash are depending on whether you have watched or you're planning on watching Grey's Anatomy. They are or were both in the surgical program at the hospital and they were both top of their classes from college. And right out of college during the residency, they, they, they were competing against each other. But this competition did not make them bitter towards each, each other, but it made them better surgeons and genuinely better people in the long run. Um, they were there for each other through it all, through hospital shootings, through the miscarriages, through being left at the altar, through breakups, through suspensions from the hospital, and most importantly, through explosive fights. But at the end of it all, they remained true to each other, up until the point that Christina left. But even in the writing of the show, they are still true to each other. They were both dark and twisty, like they were literally called the Twisted Sisters. And at the end of it all, they knew that their friendship was one of the most important relationships in their lives. No, And when I say that, no matter what, through marriages, through having kids, through sisters even, they always knew that their friendship was important. They always knew that they were each other's soulmates. At the end of the day, they accepted the fact that they were dark and twisty together. And they accepted the name Twisted Twisted Sisters because that is what they were. And this, watching their friendship was amazing. (laughs) 
I will not lie, it was amazing. And I remember when I started watching Grey's Anatomy, I remember thinking to myself, like, that is what I want. I want that kind of friendship. If I am lucky enough to have that kind of friendship, at least once in my life, I will be so grateful. And it's amazing to see a healthy female relationship, healthy two women actually being best friends and it being healthy and not being passive aggressive or petty or bitter or being based or them arguing over trivial things like men or that kind of or that kind of thing and not and them not being jealous of each other and even when they are jealous of each other they use that jealousy as a fuel to better themselves to improve themselves and in my opinion, in my very biased, quote-unquote, unknowledgeable opinion, that is what a soulmate friendship is. And yes, <clears throat> side note, I am so lucky that I have that. I'm just saying. So yes, let's move on to the next ideology. Um, the next ideology is passion and drive. Um, according to me, passion and drive are two mutually exclusive ideas. And one of my biggest fears has to be getting stuck in a line of work that I am not passionate about because genuinely that sounds like a really, a very sinister type of hell. Like the worst kind of hell somebody can live through. And I feel like making a living from one's passion has to be one of the most satisfying things ever. The reason why I say this is because you will see people living, people living high-paying jobs to literally follow their passions and dreams. And that is usually so baffling to for some people. Okay, how do I put this? Uh, I do not know anybody personally who has done this, but who has left a high-end paying job. But I have a friend of my... Okay, I don't want to call her a friend because we lost touch. Let's say um, an acquaintance of mine. We met in campus, the first our first semester in campus, and I remember she kept telling me, I don't think this school thing is for me. I'm not happy and I'd rather do something I'd rather go do something that I am happy in. Like I want to do something that makes you happy makes me happy. For you, I can tell that school is your thing, you're okay with school, you're happy with the course that you're doing and everything, but I'm not. It's not my thing. And in our second semester of first year, she dropped out and she went on to start her own business. And I kid you not, this girl is in my opinion, she is fine. She is happy. She is content. She's finally doing something that speaks to her soul. And it shows. It shows because you can see the effort that she puts into it. And you can see the output that she gets from the input, as in her input. Yes. Actually, yes. And I won't lie. That is what I want. Difference is, she figured it out way before most of us do which is and she is so lucky for that she's so lucky to have done that figured it out way before everyone else meaning that she gets to live through her passion and a content life longer than most people 
and that is so inspiring to me as well i've never told her but she inspires me a lot what she did what took so much courage and it was amazing so <laughs> back to this um the character that sparked this idea for me the whole idea of passion and drive has to be isare from insecure um at first when we see isa she is at a job that she hates an apartment that is literally sad i swear if you have watched insecure the apartment that she had in season one with lawrence was so sad <laughs> and painful to watch and she was in a relationship that was both emotionally and financially draining and by the end of season one or is it by the end of season two i'm not sure her whole life was up in flames the relationship that she was in imploded after she cheated um she still hated her job and she hated half of her friends and everything just got on her nerves at this point but eventually uh eventually i think towards the end of season 3 or to the start of season 4 there about eventually she f- <laughs> sorry oh my god <laughs> um eventually she found her, her passion and this created her drive and i swear isare blossomed after she held that community shindig i can't remember the name of it for the life of me she thrived after that she had the biggest glow up and she became a boss babe i will not lie i remember watching the later seasons of insecure and thinking that that is who i want to become like i want to go after my passions and after that i promise you after i watched insecure and some things went sideways for me i have tried to follow my passions as much as possible and i won't i have not regretted it at all yeah i have zero regrets about it so yes that is fashion and drive i know i'm sounding so preachy today i'm sorry um <laughs> um the next quote in quote ideology that i try to live up to is the whole idea of social justice and politics um i don't think that this needs a lot of explanation but these two to- these two topics have always been so interesting to me because genuinely they kind of run the world yeah politics and social justice runs the world run the world to some extent um i don't think i need to explain it further than that so the person who kind of elevated my interest in social science and in sorry in social justice and politics is Trevor Noah as the host of the daily show Kenyanet <laughs> drive that people yeah um so Trevor Noah i won't i don't think i have a lot to say about this i'm just going to give you a statement that i told a friend of mine i don't know if you still remember me saying this to them i don't even know if you're going to listen to this episode but i remember telling a friend of mine that one of my main aims in life is to have people listen to me as keenly as they listen to Trevor Noah when he's talking about political and social justice issues that's it and i feel like that is all the explanation i need to give about that yes So um <clears throat> next is finally is love for myself loving myself 
appreciating who I am, how I am, and having the courage and the strength to change what I need to change about myself. Actually, not to change, but to improve on myself, on my weaknesses, on whatever's on my strength, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think, I think that everyone struggles with this at one point or at one point or another in their lives. So when I watch something and I see somebody who is completely and unapologetically themselves, that genuinely sparks something in me. It makes me feel like I can also do this because, you know what, I am also unique. And (coughs) the character who always does this for me is Phoebe Buffay from Friends. So when it comes to Phoebe, I will keep this really short, actually, because um, I don't think she needs a lot of explanation. For those who have watched Friends, you know that Phoebe is a goofball, and she is very weird, and she never hides it. She was bold, and she never let anyone tell her who she was. She was Phoebe Buffay, and she had no desire to change that about herself. And in my opinion, that was pretty awesome to watch. It was so inspiring to watch. Phoebe was weird as hell. And she thrived in her weirdness. I remember the episode when they were going for a run in the park with Rachel. And Rachel was embarrassed to run next to her because she was running weird. And she told her, I really don't care. I ran the way I used to run as a child because back then I was happy. And I ran like nobody was watching me. So I do that till date because it makes me happy. And if you have a problem with that, you're the one with a problem. Not me. I'm pretty amazing and I'm not going to change that about myself. And that right there, especially that scene right there, is the reason why Phoebe is a guiding principle on how to love myself. So, yeah. Today has been really short, and I feel like nimekwani kipotea potea po katikati, like my voice has been... But forgive me, it's been a while. I feel like I've actually lost it. Don't know if I want to do this anymore. Because <laughs> I feel like the output is not matching the input, but whatever. Um. Anyway, so, yeah. All I can... I can end this, but I should end this by saying that I feel like everyone should be very intentional with what they watch with what they read with what they listen to the music they listen to because at the end of the day the media you consume is what feeds your soul and if you feed your soul with negativity and i'm not talking about um guilty pleasure shows like trash tv like trash reality shows no i'm talking like some i'm talking about something that genuinely interests you i feel like everybody should be really deliberate in that media that kind of media that they consume because at the end of the day whether we like it or not they form part of our they form part of our ideologies they are part of our roadmaps in life and if let me just say, let me just end it by saying, if you consume garbage, you're going to produce garbage. And nobody wants that. Everybody wants to be the best version of themselves. So, yeah. Yeah. That's all I have for today. If you have made it all the way through, thank you so much. Your support is greatly appreciated. Um, Tell a friend to tell a friend. Listen, share, comment, subscribe, whatever you want to do. 
and yes i will see you on the flip side and by the flip side i mean next time so yeah have a good time bye